the whole squad on the mission. You got to listen. We told politicking. It's so dope when you kick in. That you can get in where you fit in. We straight told politicking. The whole squad on the mission. You got to listen. You know what this is. When we told politicking. My money long like division. A proposition to put a fist in. We straight told politicking. Hey, yo, I rise like the sun in the east. Running the streets. Same people that was coming in peace. Some in the beast on the microphone. It's never a long and hard task. For God, I'm gonna smash they blog and podcast introduction to journalism 101 with federal pope politicking about where i'm from and what i do what's up it gotta be good interviewing everybody you know they probably could take all the blood sweat and tears working all them years putting in 10,000 hours it empowers careers from the baby and megan the stallion to yo Gotti, high as a kite jet life currency in the party with mc life jay prince said i rap a lot super saiyan black kakarot with a macintosh laptop in my Apple Watch, smoking fraggle rocks, four eyes, got more lines and hooks than a tackle box. What? The whole squad on the mission, you got to listen, we told politicking, it's so dope when you kick in, you can get in, where you fit in, we straight told politicking, the whole squad on the mission, you got to listen, you know what this is, when we told politicking, my money long like division, a proposition to put a fist in, we straight told politicking. Welcome back to PolPolitician.com. Your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Right now we're live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. But check me out on Apple Podcasts. One, two, one, two. I'm in the place to be with the one and only Dave Mays. How you doing, bro? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah, like I was saying, I want to make sure I say this on air. I know you're a big influence on my life. And just like I said, uh, I realized I've been doing this for 12 years myself. And like I said, I was in the Marines, uh, got an MBA, got a master's, but like I just been doing this for 12 years, like really doing this shit. So I really, like I said, I remember when I was little, I'd be reading the source. And like I said, now I'm like, damn, that's probably why I'm doing this shit now, you know? So even my wife said, uh, she was saying she got in trouble when she was little because she took all her brother's source magazines, cut them out and put them on the walls and shit. And then her mom got mad and took them shits down. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was it was real back then. But yeah, I'm glad to hear that, man. Glad to uh, see you doing what you're doing now. Yeah, I'm saying. So, how you feel now? Like when you when you see like uh, the newer generation of like uh, like I said, like people like me, like you see the newer generation and like people that you know they're saying, okay, the source influenced us, and we're doing what we do. How does that make you feel? Um, it it makes me feel good. You know, I, I'm I'm proud of. Uh, you know, what I did with the source for, you know, almost 20 years uh, from when I started it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it makes me feel good to see all the different uh, influences that, that uh, I've had over the years. And um, a lot of people have been influenced positively in, in different ways uh, through, through uh, what the source did. And then I guess like one of my main questions, I always like to know, like, so what what is what what is, what is your motivation like? Okay, why do you love hip hop so much, and why did you dedicate like probably more than half of your life to hip hop? Definitely, definitely. Um, well, um, I grew up in Washington D.C. Um, was kind of you know exposed to the music and the culture of the city at a young age, and um, 
just kind of fell in love with it. And um, but it really, you know, in DC, Gogo was was a dominant music like on the streets in the '80s. Uh, I did hear some of the rap songs that we, we got played on the radio. So, you know, Rapper's Delight uh, was my favorite song at the time it came out. And uh, But I would say the message is really the song that influenced me the most, just just the, you know, the energy and the, and the feeling of that song. Um, but it was in 86, uh, I graduated from high school and I went to Harvard uh, for college. And um, it was really there when I got there, I ended up joining the Harvard radio station to start a radio show. They were playing pretty much classical music, but um, I was able to get a radio show late night on the weekends to play hip hop and go-go. Go-go ended up getting phased out pretty fast. Just people you know, in Boston weren't trying to hear uh, any go-go. They didn't know what it was and they, they hated it. But, um, but, you know, this is 86. Uh, this is really when the golden era of hip-hop is just starting to really blossom and, and, and uh, emerge. Um, you know, of course, before that, you know, we had the Sugar Hill Gangs, the Curtis Blows, the Fat Boys, and all the other, you know, great artists, even Run DMC that, that took, you know, hip-hop to other levels. But in 86, when Rakim comes out, when KRS-One and Boogie Down Production come out, you know, 87, Public Enemy, NWA, um, you know, this is just a whole nother level of hip hop that's, that's going on uh, at that time. Uh, another level of, of lyricism, another level of consciousness, uh, just more of a, a cultural and social movement. Um, and the energy was crazy. So, I mean, I just really, really fell in love with hip hop in, in 86. You know, uh, you know, I've never looked back. Um, and, you know, I always, what I saw with hip hop was something that had the power to change the world, to revolutionize the world, because, um, you know, it's, it's something that was able to unify people from all different backgrounds. Um, you know, no matter rich or poor, or white or black, you know, Chinese or you know, whatever the case may be, wherever you're from, you know, hip hop has the ability to cross over all these boundaries and kind of bring us together uh, in a way that, you know, nothing else really can. Um, so, you know, that's really been my motivation. You know, uh, when I started The Source, it combined, you know, I was always an entrepreneur. I can't forget that. I always had an entrepreneurial thing when I was younger, you know, lawn mowing business in junior high school with business cards and 80 accounts and, you know, things like that I was always doing. But, uh, you know, the source combined my entrepreneurial side with this music and this culture that I was in love with, you know, with this, you know, desire to want to change the world and, and, and you know, uh, really revolutionize, you know, to get rid of, let's say, racism and systemic racism, things like that. Those are those are the things I, I saw hip hop being able to do, you know, at an early stage like that. Um, so that's still what motivates me to this day. Um, you know, hip hop has obviously had an enormous impact over the past, you know, 30, 40 years on the world. Uh, it's part of every aspect of our life and society now. You can't, you know, turn one way or the other without 
uh, you know, the influence of hip hop being there. Um, and while that may be the case, I still feel like there's a void in the market when it comes to media and, and voices uh, for the hip hop community. Um, and, uh, you know, that there's, there's an opportunity to um, help elevate hip hop even further and uh, kind of bring back some, some of those, you know, socially and politically conscious aspects of it that really have, have gotten, you know, diminished uh, over the years. Yeah, I'm from, I was telling, I was gonna tell you, um, so I was born in Mississippi and then I've been in San Diego uh, for like, I was born in Mississippi for 18 years, but I've been in San Diego for 38 years. I mean, 20 years, so yeah. yeah. Kind of west coast, but now I'm like I'm I'm, I'm from the south, but now I'm west coast and now I've been out here so long. All right, beautiful. You ever been out to San Diego? I've been. I was just saying it's beautiful out there. I haven't spent enough time, but I've been there a few times. Yeah, I'm by like Oceanside. That's where I'm from. Mm -hmm. I was saying, ain't that Rapper's Delight behind you? The lyrics. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I remember you talking about that earlier. Yeah. So I, I see some of your magazines in the background. I was gonna ask you so. Can you give us your what? What are some of your favorite moments of the source? It can be magazine, but just in, just in general, what's your favorite moments? I mean, it was a, it was an incredible run. Um, you know, there's so many moments, so many, you know, uh, things from, you know, of course, discovering Biggie, and watching him blow up, and hearing him shout out the source and Juicy. You know, that was definitely a, a really incredible moment um you know being there like uh my favorite cover one of them behind me is that dr dre cover where he's holding a gun to his head and you know that came out like a month or two before the chronic dropped so um you know it, it, you know dre had left nwa and there was all these rumors going on and you know, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, that he's putting this album together. Of course, he dropped, you know, Deep Cover earlier in the year. And that was like, oh, you know, oh, shit, you know, with Snoop and Deep Cover. And uh, so I'm trying to, like, track him down and find out, you know, what's going on, get the inside, you know, scoop and everything. Um, and I forget that somehow I ended up getting an advanced copy of The Chronic Um and man, I was blown away. I was, you know, just like, man, this, this is this album is incredible. And um, I got I got to find Dre. And uh, I was able to eventually uh, track him down. I had to get a hold of Suge Knight. And that was my first time meeting Suge and flying out there and convincing Suge, really, that uh, they should give us the, the cover, the exclusive cover, um, you know, right right when the album drops. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, he uh, he liked it, you know, and uh, we made it happen. And that was that was a really, really amazing uh, moment. Um, I mean, I could go on and on the Source Awards. There's so many things that happened over the years at the Source Awards and so many other, you know, incredible uh, parts of the journey. I say, how was it when you met Suge? Um, it was good, man. It was good. I mean, Suge showed love and... Uh, you know, he knew about the source. They, you know, we were we were pretty, you know, we were still small, but we were well established. You know, at that time, not as '92, uh, there really isn't, you know, no other. You know, when the source started, there were no hip hop magazines at all. So 
you know, we were the, by then, we were the dominant magazine that everybody was reading, you know, month to month, uh, you know, relying on it. So, um, yeah, he was, he, he was cool. I always had a, a great relationship with Suge, uh, starting, starting off with, with this cover right here. And then, um, speaking of the Source Awards, I was reading on your Instagram, I saw you posted a story of Bill Bellamy talking about the 94 Source Awards. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, you you want me to talk about the '94 awards or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Bill Bill's an amazing storyteller. Uh, so you know, he he gave up some good stuff. But uh, I mean, that was the first Source Awards, uh, like in a theater with a big audience. Um, you know, we had done a couple of them before, just like as a day on YoM TV Raps when when it first started. Um, but that was huge to be able to have a hip hop award show of our own 5,000 people in the theater at Madison square garden, um, and, and be able to bring everybody together. You know, um, I spent a lot of time, you know, over the years, you know, having built these relationships with the Shugs, with the Russell Simmons, with the Jay Princes, with the, you know, Diddy's and all the different, you know, players and was able to really rally, you know, those folks behind the idea of supporting, you know, a hip hop award show. And uh, I mean, it was amazing energy that night. I mean, it was a little rough around the edges. It was our first one, you know, um, so it was a little bit, you know, a little bit rough in some ways, but it was still an amazing show. Of course, we had the, you know, the, the Tupac uh, incident where he rushed out to perform while Tribe Called Quest was receiving their award. And there was, you know, a bunch of tension behind that. People were kind of upset for a while, but everybody calmed down and, you know, smoothed out. But um, yeah, man, that was, that was, I, I just, there's not a lot of footage of that show um, around. Um, we did have one camera there filming everything, but you only can catch little clips of it here and there but um you know that was that was a, that was a big big night for hip-hop uh you know hip-hop wasn't getting respect back then you know the mainstream wasn't giving it no respect at all uh you know they were always playing hip-hop you know as far as you know just making it seem like you know it didn't take any talent to be a rapper you just you know rapping a bunch of words or, you know, it doesn't, you know, you know, there's no talent involved in producing, you're just sampling stuff, you know, and, you know, there's no skill involved in that. And, you know, it, the Source Awards was created because I wanted to create a forum to uh, showcase and honor, you know, the amazing creativity and talent, you know, from across the hip hop culture um, and uh, bring us all together to celebrate you know, at one time, and and uh, you know, it was a it was a, it was it was an awesome night. Ninety four social awards. Yeah, I know. Like what you just said, I'm like with me. I always say like to me, artists are like poets. So I look at this like poetry. Uh, the producers are composers. So I, I just I feel like it, it's still like you said. It's kind of like you're still not respected like it should. Those are poets. Like right. but back in the day. Yeah. They love Shakespeare and all them people. Today, today they still don't respect. Yeah, them. I would say another another thing I want to give you shout outs about about the source, man. Like Az, my favorite rapper, but I would have never knew about Az if one for y'all because I was just I'm from Mississippi, 
But right. I was like, who is this guy? Like, he was just looking so fly every time I seen him. Right. I was like, damn, why does just keep talking about him all the time, all the time? So I ended up buying the CD, then the rest was history. But he, like, that's, like, one of my top five for sure. Okay. Dope, dope. Sugar Hill. So then I wanted to ask you about, so after The Source, you transitioned to Hip Hop Weekly. So I just want to ask you about your time with Hip Hop Weekly and what was the reason behind that? Um, well, when I left The Source, um, you know, I was trying to find the right way back into the kind of hip hop media space. And, um, you know, so the concept, you know, with Hip Hop Weekly was really to go into this kind of celebrity weekly type of magazine that had gotten really big in those past five years or so, uh, People Magazine, Us Weekly, you know, there was, you know, when you go, you go to the front of the supermarket, you would see like five or six of those type of magazines um, that were selling, all of them selling like crazy, but they all pretty much had like white artists or celebrities or whatever on the cover. So, you know, the Hip Hop Weekly thing was just about like, uh, you know, trying to create a, a hip hop version of one of those in, in that kind of a format. And also it was like, you know, the internet was emerging more and more as an influence. Um, so, you know, shorter stories, quicker stuff, not as much in-depth stuff. You know, it was, it, was a, it was a way to try to get back into the, you know, into the space and then build from there. Um, and, you know, the Hip Hop Weekly did good for a number of years. But, you know, as the Internet continued to grow and then when social media dropped, you know, Facebook and then, you know, Instagram, I mean, that just completely destroyed any chance magazines had of, you know, surviving. And um, so that was that was that it was it was it was a good run with Hip Hop Weekly. So like you kind of went to my other question. I was ask you, uh, is print dead or is it just moved to the web? Like Tim C used to say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, print is dead in terms of physical, you know, format. I don't really see that coming back. Uh, anything like what it used to be. Um, and, uh, as far as, um, you know, moving to the web, I mean, you know, the interesting thing, you know, I'm, uh, I've just launched this new, uh, hip hop podcast network called Breakbeat. Um, and, uh, you know, as I started thinking about, you know, again, the right way to get back into the space, um, you know, I landed on, uh, podcasting for a number of reasons, but a podcast network is basically the, the new digital magazine. You know, digital magazine is a term that we've heard for 20 years since, you know, the internet came out, but it's never stuck. You know, there's not like we go read a digital magazine every week somewhere, whatever, you know, it just hasn't worked the ways people have tried it. And I was like, wow, you know, a podcast network, similar to a magazine, you flip through the source and there might be a column on um, politics. There might be a column on fashion, a column on sports, a column on, you know, music. All of those are now podcasts under mm -hmm. a podcast network, which is Breakbeat. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the interesting thing. One of the interesting things about about it is, is you know, I've been thinking of it like that. Um, but yeah, magazines, unfortunately, you know, they've they've run their their course. 
So uh, can you talk about some of the shows you got right now? Because I saw you got a show coming soon, but I saw like three more shows. I know it was one of the ladies, she was like the, uh, she was in charge of Honey back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So that show uh, just launched this uh, this week. It's called Culturati, um, uh, Conversations with Kieran Mayo. And uh, she started Honey Magazine. But even before that, um, she was uh, one of the first editors at The Source uh, in the early 1990s. She had a lot of, you know, she contributed a lot to the early days of The Source. Uh, and she's just had a remarkable career in, in journalism and media as both a journalist and an executive, uh, a bunch of other, you know, Condé Nast, other big magazine companies. She became editor-in-chief of Ebony. and um, She's just someone that I just think has a great feel for hip-hop from a female, you know, point of view and, you know, really going to bring some really interesting conversations uh, to the podcast world. Um, so yeah, definitely the first two episodes are out now, which is kind of the story of Honey Magazine. And then, uh, next week, uh, she has W. Kamau Bell as her host. And it's a really, really interesting, uh, show. Um, and then, uh, we've also got the Don't Call Me White Girl show. That's really the first one we dropped a uh, week before last. Uh, she's incredible. Um, if you haven't you know, seen her, you might have seen her or heard of her, but not really known it was her. Uh, most recently, you know, everybody's been on this why you being weird to me thing on social media. And that's her. You know, that came from her. Um, she's the one that did, did the original whole why you being weird to me on her live. And then it got picked up and turned into songs and memes and, you know, one of the most viral moments of the year. Uh, and then also she was. Uh, a guest host on the million dollars worth of game podcast last year for maybe a couple of months with uh, Gillian Wallow. And um, she was incredible on there. So she, she's just like, she's really, really funny. She's, you know, hilarious, but she's also really, really smart. And uh, so she brings that blend of kind of like humor and street, you know, savvy, but also intellectual. She's going to make you think, and talk about things um, that are, you know, that have some substance to them as well. So I think she's going to be a, a big star, really excited about her show. Um, then we're coming uh, later this month with the Dave May show, which I'll be, you know, of course, hosting and having conversations and covering a lot of different, you know, subjects and different people and just giving, you know, people, more of my perspective on things. You know, I've always been like a behind the scenes type of person. Um, a lot of people, you know, knew of me, a lot of people didn't, but, you know, um, but I was always, you know, I didn't put myself out there to try to be on the front cover and, you know, get all the attention. I just was about making it happen. Um, but, you know, today's world's a little bit different. Um, and uh, I just think that, you know, I have a real interesting perspective, you know, being, you know, what I've been through all, through all these years that I think people will enjoy. And some of the conversations that I can have with folks that would be different from probably anyone else they might talk to just because of the nature of, of my relationship with them. Um, and then uh, um, the other one coming up is Funny Marco. Um, most of your, you know, listeners and viewers 
probably follow Funny Marco already on Instagram. Um, I mean, he's, you know, the guy that does a lot of these kind of skits and pranks and Walmart and different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, hilarious dude, man. Incredible talent. And I just think he has a special sense, a comedic sense that can really translate into the podcast space. So um, his his podcast will have a little more humor to it. Um, and that's going to launch later this month. Um, we've got a number of others, including, you know, two big documentary podcasts that we're yeah. doing. I saw Unsigned Hype. That's the one I was going to ask you about. Yeah. That's the yeah. I want to check out for sure. Yeah. So we're doing uh, the story of the Unsigned Hype column. It was all a dream, the story of the Unsigned Hype column and the source. And for those that don't know, Unsigned Hype was a column that reviewed uh, where we, we reviewed demo tapes of unsigned rappers every month. And people would mail their demos in or some people would come bring them up to the office. And through that column, we discovered uh, Biggie, DMX, Eminem, Mob Deep, Common, Capone Noriega, J Electronica, uh, a bunch of others. I'm, I'm forgetting David Banner. Um, all, all these artists got their starts through unsigned hype before they ever had a record deal. And, and many of them, you know, uh, like I was talking about with Biggie, you know, literally we got him his deal. Um, you know, Puff called me when they were, uh, when they gave him a, a deal, uh, to do bad boy. He was working as an A&R at Uptown Records at the time. And they gave him uh, a deal and he was looking for artists and he was, you know, asking me, you know, do we have anyone? And I went down to my boy Matty C's office who handled the unsigned hype and asked him. And he's like, yeah, man, we just, we just you know, put this guy in last month. You know, Biggie Smalls, he's, he's incredible. And I'm like, you know, bring that tape up to Puff, let him check it out. And he was signed, you know, a month or so later. So. Oh, yeah. We're telling that whole story of Unsigned Hype in, in eight parts um, and uh, eight episodes. That's coming out incredibly well. And, and the other one that I'm really excited about is uh, the Larry Hoover story. Um, I'm out here in Chicago now. I've been working on that for a while already this year. And, we'll, you know, this is the first time his family is participating in telling of his story. So we're getting, you know, a lot of incredible access and information. And I think his story is so important to be told. And, you know, even though everybody has kind of heard about Larry Hoover, they, a lot of people don't really know the significance uh, um, of what he did and the way he was, you know, transforming uh, from the gangster disciples into growth and development and all the impact that he's had on so many lives, turning people's lives around um and uh getting into politics and you know i really believe he's a political prisoner and he deserves to be home with his family and um hopefully by getting his story out there in a more truthful way than has been portrayed through the media to date um it'll have some you know some impact on that yeah i remember uh like i was saying i'm from mississippi so we didn't have bloods and crips we had vice lords and gds Mm-hmm. I remember, man. Like I remember, like uh, it's on. It was on the wall. Like I was young. I was like eight years old. But they was tagging the stores, so I remember just copying it and putting it on my wall. 
Then my dad was like, what are you doing? He's like, don't take that down. But I remember, I remember GD and all that. Like I said, those um, because I'm from Mississippi, that's what we we had. We had GDs and Vice Lords. So that's, yeah, right. that's crazy too. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna I'm be great. Gonna, I was gonna ask you, so you were saying a lot of people don't really know about you. So how would you describe yourself to people? Um man, I'm just, you know, someone that uh has loved and lived hip hop for the better part of my life. Someone who's um, already had um, a lot of impact in helping get hip hop to where it is today. You know, this world we're in today wouldn't exist without the source and the things that, that we did to help kind of bring hip hop into the mainstream, but also maintain its authenticity. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, someone that, that really um, <clears throat> wants to see change happening, you know, in our communities and in particular, you know, the African-American community and, you know, these inner city communities um, that have been, you know, taken advantage of and, uh, you know, been victimized through systemic racism for so many years. And um, I feel like hip hop has the power to, organize and mobilize people and to help really um, make more 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 sincere or more um, permanent you know changes in our world that we need um, you know things have been the same or worse for the, for way too long so um, yeah I mean that, that's something that's really important to me and I would want people people to know um, yeah, and then I will say, I will ask your opinion about this. Because sometimes I interview people and I ask them what is hip-hop, and I have a couple of them be like, I don't really know, man, it's just a vibe to me. And I get upset, so I go talk to the manager like, yo, man, you need to school your homie. And then he told me the same thing. He was like, oh, no, nah, man, it's just a vibe. We on the different stuff right now. And I'm like, well, I said, man, that's kind of like you just shitting on the past. I was like, I don't know about that one. So what's your opinion on that? Um, Wait, about... About what what is hit what is hip-hop? yeah like I said when I I ask these new new kids I ask them what is hip hop and a lot of them be like I don't know it's just a vibe to me they don't know the past they don't acknowledge the past they're just like I mean for now it's a vibe it's a mood that's their answer they don't know nothing about the culture all that yeah I mean I think you know that that we are losing it and have been losing it in in over the years. Um, you know, I think, you know, while they may not know how to describe it or what it is, I still think they're living it and being influenced by it. Um, and, you know, a big part of the vision with Breakbeat, what, what the concept of Breakbeat is, is that, you know, like I was saying earlier, everything in this world around us in 2021 is being influenced, touched by hip hop. You can see its imprint almost everywhere you look, but all of those things that are going on today have roots and common threads that can be traced all the way back to the breakbeat in 1973. The breakbeat, for those that don't know, is the original building block of all hip hop, you know, who was created uh, from the breakbeat in 1973. And um, so I, I think that in some ways, because the music is 
the most uh, dominant part of hip hop by far. It's become such an enormous business um, driving it. Um, it's also driven this narrative that's kind of divided us because hip hop, you know, now spans over three generations from Gen X through the millennials to Gen Z. And we've all grown up on hip hop influence us, influencing us. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I think we have a lot more in common in terms of the way we think about things, the way we look at things, uh, our perspectives on, you know, whether it's news or sports or, or anything, I think um, that, you know, those those commonalities are what I'm trying to tap into with Breakbeat because the music has kind of divided us. So people feel like, oh, it's the old versus the young. I don't mess with the mumble rap. That's not real hip hop. Oh, y'all are just old and out of touch. And this is the vibe that it is now, whatever, you know, that type of thing. But like I said, you might not like the same music. You might be 49 and somebody who's 19, y'all might not like the same music. But the way you think about a lot of things, the way you look at a lot of things, I think we share much more in common. And that, you know, and that's hip hop as a community, because, you know, there's people that that aren't hip hop or didn't grow up with hip hop being such a big influence. And you can usually tell, like, you know, right away, if somebody just from, you know, how they carry themselves or what they might say, whatever. There's there's hip hop, there's us, and then there's everyone else. Um, and I really believe, you know, that that that's just a community that we have to wake up, reawaken. You know, it's like a sleeping giant that uh, we're going to awaken with breakbeat and and other things um, that that are going to come along with it. And then where is breakbeat available right now? Like, is it on just the website, or you got it all over, like Spotify, Apple? Sure, sure. I mean, you can go to our website, which is breakbeatmedia.com, and that's where, you know, you can kind of find out everything that we have going on. But if you want to just check out some of our podcasts, um, we're on all the, the, the audio versions of our podcasts are on all the podcast apps, so Spotify, Apple, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can search up, you know, Don't Call Me White Girl or Coach Arati, and then the other shows as they come out you'll be able to listen to them there. Um, and then also we're doing, you know, visual versions uh, of a lot of our shows and those are on the Breakbeat YouTube channel. So if you go to Breakbeat Media on YouTube, right now we have several of, of the Don't Call Me White Girl episodes there uh, for you to watch and we'll be, you know, dropping more as we get the other shows uh, rolling over the next few weeks. Yeah, I'll say, I don't know if you know, but now you can put your video um, podcast on Apple now. Oh, really? No. Yeah, I didn't know that shit because I always, like, every time I'm done, I just throw the file on there and I be thinking it's going to convert it. But then I looked at it and I was like, oh, shit, you put the video on now? Like, the last couple of them, yeah, they put the videos on. Oh, okay. Wow, that's yeah. good to know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah we got And then I was going to say, so also I realized that you're a visionary as far as entrepreneur. You seem like you, you know how to pick the right opportunity. So I just wanted you to give a tip to, like, the, the young entrepreneur, like how to pick the right opportunity as far as like, a, like bit with business, hmm. what should they look for? Well, I mean, a few things, you know, I think you have to, uh, you have to kind of trust your gut and trust your instinct. Um, I mean, being an entrepreneur is, you know, it's not necessarily for everybody. And if you are going to 
you know, become an entrepreneur, you have to kind of go into it knowing that, um, you know, nobody's really going to believe in you at the, you know, what you're doing. Very few people will, um, you know, uh, you really have to believe it, it, it in it yourself and really, you know, be committed and pay. if it's something that you really believe and you see a vision for and you're passionate about it, then, you know, you should go for it and you should pursue it. But know that, you know, it's it's a lot of work um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are not going to believe in what you're doing, but you can't let that discourage you. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I would say follow your, your passion and, uh, you know, plan your your strategy out right and uh you can you can be uh very successful and then the same with a journalist do you think it's more important for the journalist to build their own name or to get with a big publication um well i guess it's an interesting question i mean like to me you know i look for journalist names because you know I'm reading things and if it's something that I like or the way it's written, I want to know who wrote it. But I don't think, you know, the role of a journalist is to really become like a personality and, you know, be the focus of things. I mean, you know, a true journalist is going to be about their craft and the stories that they tell and the news or whatever it is that they report. And that's, what's important not you know making yourself famous but again it's a different world we're in and in, in some aspect in some areas let's say of journalism you know having a following and being recognized is important you know if you're like uh, a television host or something like that but um yeah i mean that's that's how i think about it and then like i have people tell me all the time they're like oh uh they want me to do the drama shit, but I don't like doing that. Like, I'm not that type of person. Like, even if some shit just happened to you, I'm not going to be like, oh, what, what such, 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 such. Right. I'm just not like that. But right. I, I, I realize that's how you get views now. <laughs> but I just, that still ain't my thing. I'm just like, that, that's not what I, I want to be known for. Like, I don't even want to get big on some gossip shit. You know what I'm saying? I want right. to, you know, it's just different for me. I'm not yeah, like this. It's tough with the way the world is right now. And, you know what's driving a lot of stuff on social media so um but you know you can you can i believe again that there's there's room for quality content it doesn't always have to be the drama uh you know to be successful yeah because it'd be some crazy shit sometimes they'd be like even on instagram i'd be looking and it'd be like like this is one dude on instagram he jumping out of planes every video i'm like i can't do shit with that <laughs> like <laughs> I can't do shit with people like you know doing uh, basketball tricks and big booty holes. Like, hey, I don't know shit. I just gotta put the keep putting these podcasts. Out. That's all I can do. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you. So, what um, we about to wrap it up? But what are some of your uh, interests outside of music and hip hop? Oh man, well these days, um, you know, I still play basketball and tennis. Those are like you know some of my favorite sports most of my life. Um, um, I, I work out a lot. Um, I've become a vegan the last couple of years. So just learning more about that and how to make different types of 
you know, vegan meals and stuff like that. Um, I have a uh, an amazing uh, dog that I love over here. My boy Apollo Creed. He's a 16 month old uh, boxer pup, and uh, so I'm really into my dog these days. I spend a lot of time uh, with him, and uh, um, you know, you know, I'm in Chicago. It's an amazing city. Uh, you know, just being summertime, being out on the lake and on boats and uh, so many other things. And yeah, I can't forget my my uh, my beautiful, wonderful lady, um, Miss Brett. She's uh, you know something that takes up a lot of my time and attention these days as well. And then how how did you um, or have you have you learned how you balance your life, like with the with the hip hop, like you know, working with hip hop, and then your personal life. How do you balance it? Because with me, it seems like sometimes it's like even when I'm done with this, I'm listening to music. Or, you know, it's always hip hop around. Right. That's a great question. I mean, honestly, that's something that I have struggled with over the years because, you know, I've been such a crazy kind of workaholic entrepreneur, you know, when I started the source, it was a piece of paper, you know, this one sheet of paper. And, um, you know, I started, you know, thinking I'm going to build this into the Rolling Stone of hip hop, you know, and then it became, I'm going to build this into the Time Warner of hip hop. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, anyone that, that worked at the source back in the days would tell you, you know, like they was always, you know, the first one in the office, the last one to leave, the there on the weekends. I mean, so I, I, I really had difficulty because I was so focused on building my business. So um, you got to be careful about that. And I've been working hard these last few years to try to achieve a better, a better balance between work and, you know, other parts of my life. Um, and uh, my lady has had a lot to do with that. I, I have to credit her as well. Um, so, but yeah, it's just something you got to, you know, you gotta you gotta be careful of because you don't want to, you know, miss out on other parts of, of life. Just you know, and, and allow your passion for your business or for hip hop to totally, you know, override everything else. And what would you like to say to your supporters? Uh, I would like to say thank you. I appreciate you, um, and uh, just know that you know I'm gonna be given this this new uh platform a hundred and you know fifty percent to really try to make something that the hip hop community can be proud of again, you know, in a way that 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 they were about the source in you know years past. Um I think there's you know there's a need and, and room for that. Um and uh so yeah just know that I'm gonna be pushing, you know, every day and uh trying to make it happen so that, you know, opportunities can be created for, for all of us uh, that love hip-hop. Yeah, I'm trying to get on the network, too. Talk about it. Yeah. I'll be on for free, man. That's how much I, uh, like I said, I appreciate what you do for me. Yeah, yeah man, I want to say thanks for coming through politics with me. Definitely. Thanks for having me. It was, it was, it was good, uh, you know, kicking it with you and getting to meet you. And uh, you can get my my email from uh, Julia, whoever uh, was setting this up or whatever, and uh, reach out to me, please. No doubt, man. Anything else you want to leave listeners with? Um, 
no, just please go check out the breakbeat content and, and, you know, let us know what you think. I think you're going to love it. You know, I think you're going to love it. And we got some more, more things dropping. I forgot about Trapping Anonymous, an incredible show also coming uh, later this month. So we got a, we got a nice variety of, of uh, shows for you guys to check out. So, you know, come, come you know, come, uh, come check us out. <laughs>